tribalism sucks. Critical thinking is pretty cool. Thanks for being part of American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. We all know that healthcare is expensive, and among those expenses, well, your medicines. And I don't want to pay any more than I have to for medicine. So when politicians, including the president, say, we're going to make them cheaper by order, well, a lot of people say, sounds great to me. But on the long-term basis, is it actually good for all of us? I know that sounds like a strange question, but we're going to get into it. It's important. Hang on with us here. I'm Mike Ferguson. I'm now joined by Andrew Lautz. He is the Director of Federal Policy at the National Taxpayers Union. And I found one of the blogs that you wrote at uh, NTU's uh, website, Andrew, and it's just simply called Taxpayer Concerns Grow Over Biden Administration's Pharmaceutical Policies. But the policy, he says, Andrew, is that we have to require some medicines to be less expensive. What on earth is wrong with that? Somebody would ask. Well, it's a good question, Mike. And, uh, you know, there's a reason why these these policies pull well. But what we've been trying to, you know, encourage um, taxpayers and consumers to think about is not just sort of the immediate term and and what your drugs cost over the counter right now, but what the prescription drug market is going to look like 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. And, and, you know, one thing we're concerned about with the, with both the Biden administration policies that have already been enacted into law by Congress in in last year's inflation reduction act, uh, and in the new policies that the president is proposing in his budget request are that, uh, they're going to significantly reduce the incentives that some of the pharmaceutical manufacturers have to both create new drugs to create uh, to treat the the many diseases and, and conditions that are afflicting folks across the country and across the world, and to improve those drugs so that they can treat these conditions even better. Um, some economic analysis that that uh, folks at, at uh, former White House Council of Economic Advisors and the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office have conducted indicates that when you uh, put these you know, price setting policies in place. And when they are too aggressive, they will actually reduce the number of new drugs being brought to market and introduced uh, over time. And 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 that uh, will have long term consequences for for patients, for providers and, and for taxpayers. OK, let's put this in layman's terms, because somebody would say, wait a minute, uh, we know pharmaceutical companies make billions of dollars a year. How would saying you can't what some people would call overcharging me? How would somebody say that's going to disincentivize somebody when they sell a product. Explain that in layman's terms as to how that could result in less supply later. Sure, because drugs um, are incredibly expensive and take an incredibly long time to actually develop. Um, the the typical process for developing a drug from the, the basic research that's being conducted as to whether a drug uh, uh, could be effective at treating a disease to uh, you know, developing it, researching it, testing it, putting it through trials uh, that, that are, of course, required under law, and then going through the approval process. This is a process that can take 12 to 15 years, that can take hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, by the way, most of the drugs that, that companies are trying to develop, most of them fail. The vast majority of them fail. And so, uh, you know, every, you know, when you see the the, the price of a drug, you know, every single uh, you know that that price reflects not only the successful drug that's been brought to market and that that you're you're paying for to to treat 
you know, the, the condition or diseases that you have, but it, it's also reflective of all the drugs that had to fail before that drug actually succeeded. And, and let me, let me add to that, that I'm sensitive to, you know, of course, there are a slice of Americans that are facing high drug costs. And, uh, you know, if you look at the consumer surveys, it's usually somewhere between 10 and 20% of Americans, depending on how you're asking the question, are struggling with high drug costs that that even after their insurance, their, their out of pocket costs for drugs are too high. We should be having policy solutions that that are narrowly tailored towards helping that 10 to 20 percent of Americans afford their high drug costs, but not at the expense of drugs that benefit uh, a, a much larger portion of the population. We are visiting with Andrew Louts from the National Taxpayer Union. Okay, so let me let me follow up with that part of this, because a lot of times the policy side of this, the really wonky side of this gets cast as uh, are you pro big pharma or are you pro people? Uh, when you talk about people just wanting to have affordable medications, what would be a better policy that the federal government or Congress or any of the alphabet soup agencies will be a better approach to providing the incentives, not just for the development, but for keeping those prices as low as possible? Sure. So so let me let me point to one that actually was included in the bill that Democrats passed into law last year. And, and while we we at NTU didn't uh, agree with the bill in its entirety. And while we didn't agree with this policy as it was exactly designed, we, we generally supported the, the, the mission here. And that is um, the Inflation Reduction Act set the first ever out-of-pocket cap in Medicare Part D. So what that means is the tens of millions of seniors who are on Medicare Part D and, and have the prescription drug benefit through a private plan offered under Part D, now for the first time uh, will not pay more than $2,000 out-of-pocket in, in any given year for their drug costs. Now, I, I'm for a lot of Americans, $2,000 is still a very high cost, but you have to compare it to what it was before, which is that there was no out-of-pocket cap whatsoever. A senior could face five thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars in drug costs so this law did set into effect for the first time a two thousand dollar out-of-pocket cap now the the natural effect there is that that if you're setting an out-of-pocket cap for everyone uh the insurers who are, are offering the insurance plans to seniors are going to have to raise premiums a little bit on 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 everybody to cover that out-of-pocket cap but it, it provides a base level of protection for everyone in the program that didn't exist before. I think that's a better approach and a more narrowly targeted approach than, uh, you know, subjecting su subjecting drugs to to what are uh, effectively huge, huge price cuts in the Medicare program. So essentially what I'm hearing is one way or the other price are going to go up either a little or a lot, depending on the policies coming in. That's that's essentially what we've argued. It's 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 what we call the cost bubble. Uh, and the way you can visualize this is that if you push the bubble down in one place, it'll pop up in another place. And that's long been the case with uh, with healthcare healthcare prices and healthcare costs. And uh, uh, we don't think it's unique in this scenario. But at least in in last year's law, the two thousand dollar cap in, in per year cap in in Medicare Part D is going to protect a lot of uh, a lot of seniors from from costs that could be even higher. Okay, Andrew, in the last uh, two minutes or so we've got uh, left, let me shift gears just a little bit. I know you're keeping a close eye on the debate over debt ceiling, federal spending as well. There seems to be, as we're recording this conversation, there seems to be kind of a standoff between the president and the speaker. president says it is fiscally irresponsible to not raise the debt ceiling, increase the debt. Republicans say spending cuts have to come with that. Is there one approach that's better than the other? 
Well, uh, you know, uh, Mike, I actually think they're both correct. Uh, I, I think, first of all, listen, the, the consequences of, of not lifting the debt ceiling, the financial consequences to our country could be could be severe, right? We, we, we don't want to play with the full faith and credit of, of the United States debt. You know, the, the, the result could be that the stock market crashes, that millions of people lose their retirement and their long-term savings. Uh, th those are potentially disastrous results. But at the same time, Republicans are, point, are, are correct to point out that our current budget tra trajectory is unsustainable. We're running about a trillion dollar deficit as a country every year. And while revenue is projected to, to stay flat as a, as, as a portion of the size of our economy for the next 10 years, spending is just skyrocketing through the roof. So we do think that spending needs to come down over the next 10 years. The Republicans are right on that point. Um, and uh, we're, we're hopeful that Congress uh, uh, takes a serious look at this later this year. Okay. Somebody wants to get in touch or follow the work that you're doing uh, or your colleagues are doing at the National Taxpayer Union. Uh, what's the website? What's the social media? How do they get in touch or at least follow along? Thanks. Thanks for asking, Mike. We are at NTU.org. Uh, uh, that, that is our website. You can find all of our uh, latest publications and posts there. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at NTU. All right. And do you have any uh, personal uh, social media out there? People want to follow you, follow you individually? Sure. No, thanks for asking. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I talk most about these issues on Twitter. You can reach me on Twitter at, at Andrew underscore Louts. That's L-A-U-T-Z. All right. Uh, Andrew Louts from National Tax Taxpayer Union. Really appreciate you uh, being on the uh, program. It's almost like politicians want us to stay confused on purpose. <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're trying to reduce the confusion, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thanks again, Andrew. Take care. Speaking of healthcare, speaking of your personal health, there's a big question to be asked. I think that a lot of people aren't saying out loud, and that is, have people lost faith and lost trust in their healthcare provider or in the healthcare system over these last couple of years because of everything that we've gone through and all the politicization of things like COVID. We're talking about that and asking the tough questions just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.